want to preach on this subject, dealing with the uncertainties of life. Life is filled with many uncertainties, and those change as you go through life. There's no age that is exempt from this. Every person has or faces uncertainties in life. I want you to look at our text verse and make sure that the scripture is the foundation for the message. And I want you to notice verse number 10 where he makes this statement. Fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed. I want you to look at verse number 13. He says in the last line of that verse, Fear not, I will help thee. Verse number 14, and I have these statements underlined in my Bible. He says in verse 14, Fear not, and then right in the middle of that verse it says, I will help thee. Now you can guarantee when God says he will help you, he will help you. That's God that promises to help us. I'm reminded of a fellow that was learning to parachute in the military and they told him, they said when you jump out of the airplane or get kicked out, whatever the case may be, you count to a certain number and you pull this cord And now they said, in the event that nothing happens, when you pull that cord, you count to five, and you pull the cord on this side, and then when you land, there will be a red truck there to pick you up and bring you back to the base. And so a fellow jumped out of the plane, and he counted quickly, and he pulled the cord, and sure enough, nothing happened. And so he counted quickly the second number. He pulled the second cord, And again, nothing happened. And as he went through the air, he said, and I bet that red truck won't be there either. But anyway, sometimes when folks say they'll help you, it doesn't mean a lot. But I want you to hear me well. When God says, I will help you, that means he will help you. Now, there are at least 10 times in the Old Testament that we find a phrase that is very similar to the phrase, fear not, and be not dismayed. You'll find a form of those words in the same verse ten times. Fear not, be not dismayed. I'll call your attention to some. You don't have to turn to them. But in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, the Bible says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And I don't know about you, but that verse helps me just to read it, just to hear it read out loud. God said, I'll be with you. Don't live in fear and be not dismayed. In the book of Joshua, chapter 8 and verse number 1, the Lord said to Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse number 20. And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed. And David didn't say, I'm going to be with you. He said, for the Lord God, even my God will be with thee. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 17. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, 
and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Jeremiah chapter 46, verse number 27. But fear thou not, O my servant Jacob. And he's speaking to the nation of Israel and the people there. And be not dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save thee from afar off. I like that. I don't have time to focus on that on that statement, but he said, I will save thee from afar off. I'm glad God is near with me, but I'm glad he's able to save me, not only being near with me, he's able to save me when he's afar off. I like that. Now, in every one of these passages, we find God's people in a place of uncertainty. Now, the scenarios are all different. The circumstances are all different. But in every one of these ten promises, we find God's people are in places of uncertainty. They were sometimes a place of danger. They were sometimes a place of concern. They were often places of fear. They were all places of uncertainty, which means they didn't know what would happen to them as they faced either an enemy or they faced a danger or they faced the consequence of their choice and sin. In every case, they were going into a place of uncertainty. For example, in Deuteronomy, the children of Israel were going into the land where there were seven nations. God said, they're greater than you are and they're mightier than you are. They're stronger than you are, but you're going to take the land. I mean, that's a place of uncertainty. How in the world is God going to do this? We wonder, what is, what is going to happen? They were facing a time of uncertainty. In Joshua 6, they were going into battle. Now, if you read the context, you would find that they won the battle of Jericho. They lost the battle of Ai. They were defeated because of sin in the camp. And then they were going again. And the second time they were going, after they'd been defeated, he said to them, fear not, neither be dismayed. Now, you talk about a time of uncertainty. They had already attempted and they failed. And they were going into battle again with Ai. And God said to them, <coughs> fear not, neither be dismayed. In First Chronicles, Solomon would take the throne from his father David. And he would become the king. He said to him, fear not, neither be dismayed. He didn't say, I'll be with you. He said, but God will be with you. Both Jeremiah and Isaiah were times of uncertainty because of sin. I relate very much to Jeremiah and Isaiah in the world we live in today. And I'm not going to chronicle all the things that are wrong, but it's head spinning to see everything that's going on in our country today. You just shake your head. It's hard to comment or even think about all the things that are going on in our country. And Jeremiah and Isaiah were prophets at a time of uncertainty in the nation of Israel. And certainly you and I in America are in a time of uncertainty. I don't know about you, but I don't know what's going to happen politically, economically. Is the price of houses going to double again or are they going to have no value at all? The value of money, is it going to go up or is it going to go down? I don't know what's going to happen in our relationship with other nations. Canada gave a warning to America, be sure you don't elect a conservative president. We don't elect conservatives, we put them in jail. But anyway, a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? A lot of fear, a lot of confusion. That's why God said, fear not. And in every case, God said, fear not, and neither be dismayed. He was speaking to those who desired to hear from him. 
those that desire to live righteously. I just want to please the Lord. I want to enjoy the blessings and the goodness of life. I want to enjoy the blessings of God. And one day, I want to hear him say, well done. In every case, God was speaking to people who had that attitude and that desire. And he said to all of them, fear not, neither be dismayed. The word dismayed means to be deprived of courage or disheartened. I have to fight for that not to happen. And that's why I wrote it again and again and again. Don't be dismayed. Don't be disheartened. Or in other words, don't give up. God is in control. United Nations are not in control. The presidents are not in control. The Congress is not in control. They may influence our culture, but dear friend, the one who is in control, the God of heaven who is the King of kings and Lord of lords, he said, fear not. He said, be not dismayed. That's what he said. Now, how do we do that? How do we face the unknowns in life? You look at every uncertainty through the lens of things that are for sure. So I look at my uncertainty through the certainties of life. Through the lenses of certainty. As I'm getting older and so many of you reminded me of that this week. I told somebody my last three injuries came while I was asleep. As you get older, you don't even have to go to work to get hurt. You can just get hurt and wake up in the morning thinking, what in the world happened to my neck? I'm to the place, I keep these readers up here. I said, oh, a couple of years ago, I believe it was Joel said, Dad, you need to wear reading glasses. I said, I don't want them to think I'm old and can't see. He said, well, right now they think you can't read. He's always been a very kind son and honest and forthright. Isn't it something how you look at something, especially in the morning, you wonder if you're reading your Bible or a songbook. You have to pick up the glasses and you, wow, that looks good. One advantage is I can't see the calories. I thought a Reese peanut butter cup only had 10 calories. I put on my glasses, had 10 grams of fat in it. So how do I see the uncertainties of life? I look at them through the certainties of life. If I could take every uncertainty of life and look at it through the certainties of these lenses. You may want to write them down. They're easy to remember. First of all, of God's person. Second of all, of God's power. Third of all, of God's promises. And number four, of God's past performances. It helps me to see life more clearly. The person of God, the power of God, the promises of God, the past performances of God. You know, there have been times in history that Christians feared they would be the last generation as leaders vowed to destroy the Bible or destroy Christianity from the face of the earth. Nero declared that he would rid the world of these Christians who so hurt and destroy our society. He said, I'll destroy Christians. He would not only martyr Christians, he would take the corpse of that Christian tie them to some type of a pole, cover them with tar, light them on fire. He said, I will light my beautiful gardens with the bodies of Christians. I'm going to rid this world of Christianity. Nero's gone. God's still on his throne. Past performances. So how do I look at the uncertainties of life? How do I face those times? How do I face those questions, those decisions, those concerns? I look at them through the lenses of certainty. 
throughout this church family and many of our friends who are watching online. There are many who are facing uncertainties of life. Several have said goodbye to a loved one and life has changed. And the question is, how will life be without them? In some cases, parents have buried their children. A husband buried his wife or a wife her husband. There are those listening to me and there's cancer in your body or in your family or another sickness like that and there are many questions and there are many uncertainties. When you think of every age group as I have in, in, in preparing for the message and thinking about uncertainties, there's a bunch of young people here, and not only at Commonwealth, but here in Lexington in our church, and life has now changed for you. You don't have the same house. You're not with your parents, and life is different. You're making your own decisions. You're living on your schedule. It's not their character, but it's your character. You're learning from teachers you've never met met you're in a church while those of us who have been here for many years this is common and natural and normal but for you this is completely different you've never listened in a church like this before there's uncertainties there's uncertainties of life as you face challenges during college I said to brother Couch's daughter who just started college preparing as a surgical technician and I said to her, she just got started. I said, you can do it. Even when the tough times come, you can do it. And I want to say, God said, fear not. Be not dismayed. He said, I'm with you and I'll help you. Some are preparing for marriage. Some have just gotten married in the last year. Some are rearing children and your child turned two and you wonder what in the world happened to them. It's called the terrible twos. They usually get out of them by the time they're six. Then you get through those and they become a teenager. Life is not easy in rearing children. And I want you to hear this statement. We must look at the uncertainties of life through the certainties of God's person, of God's promises, of God's power, of God's past performances. And when I look at the uncertainties through the lenses of the certainties, it takes away my fears and doubts and concerns. And I can rest in Him because He said, fear not. He told every one of them, don't face the uncertainty with fear. Face that uncertainty with courage. And that courage is not in my ability or my talent. That courage is in who He is and who His power is and His power to deliver and His power to strengthen and His power to give us wisdom. I say we face our uncertainties looking at them through the certainties of life. Paul wrote from prison these words in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. If you're alive, God's working in you, and he'll work in you until the day of the rapture or until God calls us home. He said, I am confident of this very thing. Paul, do you have any uncertainties in life? Yes. I don't know where I'm going to die. Paul would eventually die in prison. I don't know what I'm going to face. I know what I have faced. But I know this. I'm confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you. He'll perform that good work. He didn't say bad work. He said good work. He'll perform it until the day of Christ. 
Joseph faced many uncertainties. How did Joseph face the uncertainties of life? I'll tell you how he did it. He focused on the certainty of God's promise in his life, of God's power in his life, of God's past performances. He knew what God had done in the past and he believed in that same God. And though he went through the pit and though he went through the prison, he ended up on the throne in the palace because he saw his uncertainties through the certainties of God. There's a good song in our hymn book. It's on page 376. Look at it with me if you want to. How do I see the uncertainties of life? College student, mother of a newborn, parents of a teenager, those that are facing doctor's appointments and their uncertainties and we don't know what's going to happen. We're not the first generation. Every generation since sin entered into the world faced uncertainties. And the songwriter put it this way. I don't know, page 376. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I'm holding the hand of the one that is not just holding my hand. He is holding the hand of tomorrow, and I can face the uncertainties because I am with the certain one. I'm with the person of God. I love the last verse. I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood. But his presence goes before me. And I'm covered with his blood. I'm saved no matter what happens to me. Heaven is my home no matter what happens to me. Christ is my Savior. He is my Redeemer. He is the one, dear friend, that guides me, that guards me, that protects me, that helps me. And I need not live my life in fear. Fear not, neither be thou dismayed or disheartened or void of courage. But face your uncertainties, not with courage, not in self but with courage in God. Turn your Bibles to Psalm number 78. Verse number 2, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. Now, he's talking about the person of God, the power of God, the promises of God, and the past performances of God. We're going to show those to our children. For he established a testimony on Jacob and appointed a law on Israel, which he hath commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Verse 7 is the key verse, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. You know what he's saying? I want you to tell your children how great your God is. I want you to tell him, I want you to tell your children, 
children what God did when you came to the Red Sea. I want you to tell your children what God did when you had nothing to eat in the wilderness. I want you to tell your children what God did when you had no water in the wilderness. I want you to tell your children what God did and your shoes never wore out and your clothes never wore out. I want you to tell your children. I want you to brag on God so much to your children that when they face the uncertainties of life, they would set their hope in God. It's an interesting word. It didn't say faith in God. Hope and faith are different. Faith is in an assurance. Hope is in a God that I don't know how he will do it. I don't know when he will do it. But I know he knows the way and will help me because he is with me. Hope for uncertainties are found in the certainties of life. Let me read you some verses of comfort that are certainties in a day of uncertainty. 1 Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Hebrews 11 and verse number 6, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is certainty, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to say the way I face the uncertainty of life is to look at it through the certainties. Let me give you these and I'll close. First of all, he is God. That's a certainty. He's a creator. Regardless of what the evolutionists have to say, God is a creator of the world as recorded in the book of Genesis beginning in chapter 1. He is our creator. Second of all, he is a sustainer. Colossians chapter 1. He is a sustainer of life. By him all things consist. It was God that caused the sun to rise this morning just like it has every morning since he put it into the sky. I said just like every morning. Past performances. Just like every morning. God caused the sun I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about the promises of God, the past performances of God. I know that my Redeemer liveth. That's what Job said in a day of uncertainty. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. He is our savior. He's a coming king and coming judge. And when I get this fear in my heart that a man is in control, I get this concern in my heart that a board or a group is in control of the world, I have to do as Isaiah did in Isaiah chapter 6. When the king died and he was disheartened, he lifted up his eyes toward the heaven and he saw the certainty that it never changed. God was still on his throne and God's on the throne today. Not only is he God, that God loves me. And I'll tell you how much he loves me. When I was on sin's death row, sentenced to death, sentenced to hell because I was guilty of my sin, God gave his son to die on the cross in my place so I did not have to suffer the payment for our sin that's how much God loves me and God loves you the same
He is God. He loves me. Number three, he promises grace for me. Now, I preached last week the difficult thing about God's help is uh, when you call God, he doesn't come in with a light flashing and sirens blaring and tires screeching like a 911 call, but God gives grace to help in the time of trouble, and God promises that his grace is sufficient. That's exactly what I need. It is a all-sufficient grace. And then I want to say the certainty of the fact that heaven is my home. I'm a child of the king. This world may take my life. Ah, but they can't take my eternity. William Tyndale, they so hated him. They hated him because both the religious crowd and those that did not want the common man to have the Bible. They hated him so much they did a public burning. They burnt William Tyndale to his death. They tied him to the stake and they set fire at his feet and watched as he burned to death. He prayed a prayer as he was dying. Oh Lord, open the eyes of the King of England. God answered that prayer. For it was the King of England in 1611 that gave us this book and we hold a copy of this book in our language that not just the controlling state powers can have, but every boy and every girl can read the just shall live by faith and for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then last of all, the Bible is the word of God. God wrote this to me. God wrote this to you. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. The words of the Lord, they are pure words. So how do I see the uncertainties of life? I must look at them through the certainties of the word of God. Here's what he said. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I am with thee, and I will help thee. 